Moral Revolution community, welcome back to our podcast. I'm so glad you joined us today. We're going to dive into all things God's design for healthy sexuality. Let's talk about it. Hello, Moral Revolution podcast listeners and YouTube watchers. For those of you who can see us, we are excited for this month's podcast because we have one of our favorite guests, back in action she's been on our podcast she's been at the more gathering um she's dr margaret nagib clinical psychologist and also was my personal counselor for a time being um and so we're so excited to have her on today this topic y'all if you don't stop listening if you're like oh this is for the girls no 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 this is for girls this is for guys this is for single dating marriage friendship this is for every relationship we're digging into attachment styles today so thank you so much for being with us it's always so fun to be with you guys. I love your smiling faces. I wish you were like right in the room. I know. I know. It feels like you're right across the table from us. Yes. Our entire relationship has been through a screen, so <laughs> we'll have to remedy that soon. <laughs> awesome. I am so excited about this topic. So, Margaret, can we just get like a little snapshot of what are attachment styles? Why is it important for us to know them? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a psychological theory, but it's one of the most helpful that I have found because it's just based on how you tend to relate to people. So we learn about how we relate to people from childhood and it creates a pattern of how you think, how you feel and how you respond to people in relationships. So based on what you learned when you were younger, you will apply that. You can't help but apply that to all of your relationships and they get particularly the fun stuff (laughs) the stuff that comes up that it's like oh maybe there's an opportunity to grow here the fun stuff gets particularly uh heightened when you're in a dating or romantic relationship but it can happen in any relationship Ah, it's so real. I mean, I remember when I even first found this, I remember reading it and being like, oh my word, I understood myself so much more. And this is so much more than just a personality type or, you know, just like, you know, I am this on Myers-Briggs or whatever that may be. This is like actual psychology based stuff. So I think for me, that helped me so much knowing, wow, your upbringing really does shape you. And for me going into dating, I'm like, man, This is so helpful because it helped me see the lens in which I saw my intimate relationships and how my upbringing might might have affected that or helped it, you know? So I'd love to know what are the different types of attachment styles and how can people find which one they are or relate to the most? Yeah. So, I mean, there's two basic and then there's a couple of sub things, but the two basic is you're either securely attached or insecurely attached. So secure attachment is, you know, all the things that you would think a healthy, it almost seems too good to be true, but it's not too good to be true. You know, it's where two partners have good emotional intelligence. Um, There's a sense of connectedness and you can be really, really close, but it's not clingy. You can be, there's a sense that, you know, the other person can be dependent, go on a trip, have their own friends, have their own hobbies, and it doesn't make you feel insecure or nervous or jealous. and they're, they're not perfect by any means, securely attached people, but they're better able to handle conflict and, you know, things that come up. They, they have the resiliency to fight it out, do well, because, because they don't question basic closeness. They trust, they trust the relationship. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. What do you think then if that is what they're experiencing now in their intimate relationships, how did their upbringing shape that? So like what were their dynamics in the home that helped them feel secure? Yeah. So they had a parent that was available, that was attuned, that was able to see their emotional responses and respond well in those critical moments when a child needed attention or nurture or was angry. Um, They didn't necessarily collapse. They had good boundaries with the child. So good boundaries are really important, good emotional boundaries, given their age and appropriateness. Um, But parents who help their kids securely attach also have an ability to allow their kids to explore and kind of have their own independence. So the child feels is able to kind of kind of go off, explore without fear, but then come back and be close. So that seems to be a really, really critical thing to kind of that dance where they can be independent, but also really connected at the same time. And then boundaries is so huge because you can't really get a sense of yourself without, without boundaries. So yeah. yeah, this is so intriguing. <laughs> when I'm listening to you, this is new to me. Um, when I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about how I attach to friends, to my marriage, to my children, yeah. to my parents. I'm like, wow. So could somebody have different attachment styles in different relationships? Yeah. So say you have a pretty securely attached home, um, but then your first dating relationship was really hard and you got rejected. That because that was the first time you bonded in a dating experience, that could set you up to maybe be fearful or anxious. Or, you know, maybe you didn't have such a secure attachment, but you had really good friends, you had a church, and you saw secure attachment outside of it. So in some ways, you're more resilient and able to kind of go into secure. But yeah, every relationship pulls something a little different based on the parent figure you know, in your life and kind of what the relationship, because you could have different attachment with different parents, right? So yeah, it could be slightly different given the person and then their attachment style interacts with your attachment style. That sounds fun. I can be really secure and, you know, Dr. DeGib likes to think she's pretty healthy. (laughs) If you put me with someone, you know, if I start relating to someone who's disorganized and we can talk more about that style later, all of a sudden I'm like, I feel anxious and I'm like, why am I so anxious? What's wrong? You know? And then it's a really good time for me to stop and go, Oh, that's because this person's relating to me from this push pull dynamic and I'm totally getting sucked into it. So it's just helpful. It's helpful framework. And then obviously you can always move towards more of a secure attachment in any relationship. So it gives you, it gives you kind of markers to get there and to know what that looks like. Definitely. Incredible. I always think the more you can know about yourself, the better equipped you are to heal. So I think that's why this is such a great tool. So, okay, secure, we just covered. What about the next one? What about the other ones? I'm curious. So um, there's secure and then insecure, and there's three types of insecure. So the first one is called anxious attachment. Um, And for anxious attachment, these are the people who really didn't have good emotional boundaries. They didn't have parents maybe that were consistent or attentive to their emotional needs. So they get really anxious about connection. They, they want it, they move towards it, but then they're afraid of keeping it. They're afraid of being rejected. They're afraid of being abandoned. So in order to keep a relationship, they can get kind of clingy. 
not kind of, they can get a lot clingy. <laughs> that was kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can get really obsessive, you know, overthinking and wondering, you know, which is just so hard to hear because I think in the, in the early stages of relationships, there's a little bit of that, you know, as you're a little anxious about, does the person like me or not? But it tends to be a pattern for them. So they get obsessive. They're, they're the most likely to get really jealous and fearful of people cheating or, or whatever. Um, so they spend a lot of energy just worrying that the connection is not as close. They always feel like they are more close or connected than the other person is. So that's the anxious one. And then on kind of the other end is avoidance. So they're on the opposite. They actually move away from relationship. These are your friends or family or whoever that they kind of seem aloof. They don't seem to need much. They date kind of like it's no big deal. They might have lots of relationships, lots of breakups. When they break up, they seem fine. They just, you know, it's not really real because we all need connection. It's just that because of their pain and woundedness, they just tend to avoid anything that gets too close. So this could be the relationship where it started off hot and heavy and really good and you thought this is it. And then all of a sudden, the minute it kind of gets a little closer, they're out of there because they just can't handle handle closeness. So they can be really dismissive. You can feel dismissive because they're just so aloof about breakups. And then the last one is a combination of anxious and avoidant. So we call it fearful avoidant or we call it disorganized because it's disorganized. Sometimes they look more fearful. Sometimes they look more avoidant. Um, sometimes <laughs> I have had friends like this where no matter how hard you try, it's kind of like being on a roller coaster in the friendship with them because it's constantly shifting and changing. And so it can be a little exhausting. Um, but so they, they send mixed signals. There's a bit of a push pull. But God bless them. They're just really struggling. They want connection and they know they need to move towards it. But then they're also afraid of getting too close, getting rejected, getting abandoned. So you feel that push-pull with them. So those are the three major, major insecure. Ones. So then even within that, because even when you're, as you're saying, like, I think the anxious and avoidant, or I don't remember which one it was, but I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, I feel personally called out. <laughs> I think it's, it's so real. When I read through that one, I was like, oh my word. Yeah, that's definitely the dynamic that I find myself in when it comes to relationships sometimes. So what would you say is the, was the household like for them? Like how did they get to a point where they learned that certain dynamic in their intimate relationships? Like what did their households look like growing up? Well, there's that famous saying, tell, tell me how you were loved and I can show you how you love. Wow. Right? So it's often something that we experienced. So um, someone who is really anxious, there wasn't a consistency, you know, so sometimes their parents were, and who knows, maybe the parents were going through a divorce, there was stress in the home, so they weren't me fully mentally available. They meant well, but they just weren't available. And there's these key critical moments in your life when you just, you need that parent to be there in that moment. And research says, you know, no parent is there hundred percent of the time, but if they can be there 70% of the time in those critical moments, you're good. Wow. Um, 
But you know, if, if a parent has had stress and there's a lot going on, or they just don't have the capacity. So remember, you tend to love the way you were loved. So if you have a parent who's anxious attachment or avoidant attachment or disorganized attachment, they're going to be like that with their kid. So that's the, your child's first understanding of what relationships are like. Um, you know, kind of that classic thing of maybe, maybe classic to me because I'm a therapist, but when I was five years old, my parents left me in, in the Target and I was there for 45 minutes and they didn't even know it, <laughs> you know? So that affects us, whether it was intentional or not. So um, if you grew up with parents who didn't have good emotional boundaries, like maybe they came to you for support, talked to you about the other parent, that's going to create an anxious, fearful, you know, way to relate. Um, if you had a distant parent, maybe a parent that just wasn't around because they worked a lot or they weren't emotionally available, you're going to be more avoided. So it, it really just depends. But you bring up a good point. Like it's good to talk about what it was like for you in your childhood, how it felt. Um, and then you can have some compassion on yourself. You, we inherit these styles just as our parents inherited them. So you can't really blame anyone. Um, you can't blame that guy who dumped you because he was avoidant. Well, I knew he liked, which is so true, especially disorganized. Disorganized, they get overwhelmed by their strong emotion. And so you're like, oh, they dig me. They totally dig me. They do dig you. And then they leave because <laughs> it's too scary. Like, you can't get mad at that person for that. Like, they, that's what they know. They're fearful. Um, but with awareness, with looking back on your childhood, Sozo is really helpful, you know, healing some of those wounds, um, and then challenging yourself based on what your style is, right? So if you're avoidant, you have to go after it. You have to go after vulnerability. And um, if you're disorganized, you have to learn to be consistent. Uh, and you have to learn how to regulate your own your own emotion, your own fear of rejection or fear of closeness is a big part of it too. Taking a quick break from that conversation to tell you about something new we have in store for the single ladies. So any of you ladies who are single or dating, we have something new called Date Well, a path to wholeness and dating. So check it out on letsdatewell.com. Next question for the marrieds listening. How do these attachment styles affect your sex life? <laughs> um, so interestingly, they absolutely affect your sex life, even more so than desire. So, you know, a lot of times I talk to my couples about your libido. So certainly high libido, low libido, um, different people have different libido levels. But research has shown that overall satisfaction in your sex life is actually more highly correlated to secure attachment. So the more you can build secure attachment in your relationship, the more likely you'll have a satisfying sex life. And that people who are more anxious and fearful or avoidant, they're actually more prone to sex addiction and um, more prone to report that their sex lives are not satisfactory, even if they have high desire and have sex a lot. Wow. That's interesting, especially because thinking of like the honeymoon, <laughs> like you're probably just anxious in general if you're like, oh, you know, but pushing past that to understand the security of your relationship. So yeah. maybe even if you have a secure attachment style, but knowing, is there a way to identify, oh, that's not necessarily your attachment style, that's just 
like a situation environment that you can overcome sure i mean there are a lot of factors especially in the beginning and i think you know if you've waited for marriage there's that normal anxiety of how this all work out i hope i like it (laughs) hope it's good you know um but if you think about it 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 just verifies what we all know deep down is that sex is about connection you know mechanics are the mechanics and you but but to, to have a really fulfilling sex life, it's about that emotional connection. It's about that ability to just be, to be secure with someone. So I love watching children who are secure because they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't think about it. They just know they're loved. Yeah. <laughs> they tend to be bold. They're not self-conscious. They tend to ask for what they need. And so if you're secure in a sexual relationship, you can be yourself. You're not. You're naked and unashamed. Genesis one, and you're able to communicate about what you want, what you don't want, what what feels good, what doesn't feel good, with whether or not you feel connected or not connected. So that's why it's better because overall you're able to connect on a deeper level, and so once again you can navigate and grow closer, um, and talk about your sex life. People. Yeah. Insecure attachment tend to struggle in general, just bringing up issues with their partner. And, you know, they struggle to bring up the, they're more scared of conflict. Yeah. Why? Because you might leave me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's so real to think about that though, like with their upbringing and how they grew up and then entering like a relationship like marriage, how intimate that is all of those triggers would just be so loud, I'm sure. And so I'm curious too, even with dating people, because we got the single, we got the single, we got the, the married over here. <laughs> uh, we got a little bit of both. Um, I'm curious, so if someone is secure and they're dating someone who is on the, I guess the anxious spectrum or whatever those are. Insecure, yeah. Insecure spectrum, mm-hmm. yeah. How, like what are they responsible for in the relationship? Like are, are as far as the other person goes like are they responsible for the way that they would heal so like if they're in a relationship together and the anxious person is starting or the avoidant person is starting to take steps back like how responsible is the secure person in the relationship to call it out like are is that their responsibility should they call it out i think i just think of friends of mine that i'm like you know, they are pretty, they're secure, awesome women and, or secure, awesome men. And then they go into a relationship and they start to feel that push pull dynamic happening. And then they start to feel like, oh man, do I, do I come in closer? Do I go further away? Like, what would that dynamic be? What do you think they'd be responsible for? Such a good question. Um, well, first of all, one of the, one of the best ways to be more secure, to learn how to be secure is to be around people who are secure. So, you know, get around couples that are secure, friends, mentors, and then, yeah, date people who are secure. (laughs) You'll grow, right? Say, so you're the secure one in the relationship, and then this person's exhibiting anxious attachment or disorganized. Um, Your job is just to continue to be secure. And so, yeah, a secure person would say, hey, you know, what's going on? Hey, I feel like I lost you there. Where'd you go? Um, hey, I really want this, but, you know, I feel like there's this push-pull or you change your mind or, and so I'm here and, and I want you to know I'm not going anywhere, um, but we also, we're, we're also not connecting on the level that, you know, we can. 
So it is, it's about having healthy communication, but you can't, so this is so hard for us. I think especially as believers maybe, um, and I know this is a therapist, you can't love someone into secure attachment. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You can be loving because you're secure, but you can't just keep overcompensating in hopes that then they will, because, you know, they can, it's true. It's like, it's like, this is such a, I don't know if it's a bad example or not, but it's like, I love cats. And if a feral, a cute feral cat comes up to my nice little French doors back there, I'm like, oh, kitty, I love you and I'll take care of you and I'm not going to hurt you. But that cat doesn't know that I'm not going to hurt it because every other person has hurt it. So no amount of me loving it, I can buy the most expensive food for it. I can lay out the table. God can lay out the table and that, that person could still not go there. So you continue to lay out the table, but you keep your boundary because you don't want to, right? And ultimately they have to be willing to do the work of identifying their wounds and lies, healing, you know, learning how to deal with their emotions, taking risks. That's so good. So then for the kitty cat (laughs) that's out there, the one who's maybe, who's in maybe the boat I'm in, who is getting counseling and growing and getting healthier and learning, what would you think their first step should be to heal? Because I know that that's everyone's heart is to, if they are on the um, more anxious side or the insecure side, I'm sure their heart would be like, hey, I do want to connect. Like whether it's in marriage or dating, like I do actually want to get past that wall and connect. What would be their first step in healing that inside of them? Yeah, I mean, um, number one, knowing that you can heal is is wonderful. It's very, it's actually a lot more hopeful. It doesn't feel hopeful because they're literally patterns that are ingrained in you, and so you just feel like I'm always going to be this way. But that's not true. Yeah. Educating yourself on attachment styles, like even for you, you know, when you were educating yourself to do this is interview how it's like eye-opening you're like oh okay it's, it's helpful yeah. and then the next step is um you have to deal with with the thoughts that are created by your style so like an anxious person is like they're going to leave me even if the person isn't so you have to get really aware of those thoughts and begin to challenge those thoughts yeah. um, and then i i do think sozo is a wonderful way to kind of deal with a lot in a short amount of time and allow God to speak into it. Cause we attach with God the same way we attach with each other. So when people struggle to see God a certain way, it's because of same thing. It's their attachment style gets put onto God. Wow. So so is great because you're healing your attachment with God and you're healing your attachment with others. And then I really do think, especially if you have more disorganized or, I mean, if it's a pretty strong pattern, and you're like, wow, okay, I'm 25, I'm 30 now, and I can look back and like, bam, it's like clockwork. Then therapy is so helpful because yes. um, you can alert, you can learn to attach to your therapist. Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, they're not going anywhere, they're not demanding anything of me, or someone like that, a pastor, a counselor. So I do think that's super helpful. I'm always going to recommend counseling. Yes. So Us are too. we. <laughs> so We're are the biggest we. advocates for like breaking down the stigma that counseling is just for crazy people. Oh, like yeah. we, I mean, our whole team gets counseling. Yep. I feel like we use it as such a incredible tool that. Oh yeah. Oh, One yeah. of my friends just texted me while we were at lunch and she said, I did it. 
And I'm like, I think I know what she's saying. She's like, I emailed the counselor. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's so critical because it's just saying I don't know everything. And now that yeah. I hear this or I read this, I'm like, wow, I've got some stuff to address. And it's a guide of somebody who does know these things <laughs> to guide you through and grow you to overcoming some of this stuff. And I love what you said is just your point number one was knowing that you can change. That yeah. hope is so important. And then especially like as a parent, I naturally am just thinking, I better be able to change because I don't want my kids to inherit this wow. from me. So I need to learn so that I'm raising them to be and have secure attachments. And hearing you talk about being around more secure people, I'm like, my husband's probably one of the most secure people I've ever met. <laughs> and so obviously doing life with him for over 15 years now, I'm like, I can see like how I've changed because I'm like, wow. oh, he is so secure. And he was he came from a home that was all about remember who you are, know who you are. You know, there was no fear and all of that. So it's so powerful to see. And I'm just I'm learning all of this as you listeners are probably learning it, too. And um, it's amazing. And I'm sure you're having those aha moments, too. And if your aha moments aren't as positive, if you're like, oh, crap, now what? then yes, please listen to Margaret. Get a Sozo. We'll put the links to Sozo and therapy um, with Dr. Margaret or the Transformation Center. We'll put those in the show yeah. notes so that you're, you don't feel like, now what? Well, where do I find these people that know how to do this? Yeah. So we'll make sure to link that so you don't feel lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love how you gave the steps too and how you said challenge the negative thinking patterns you have. Like if you find yourself in an insecure kind of thought pattern, um, relating to like attachment styles or relating to the guy that you're texting or the girl that you're interested in or in the marriage you're in, whatever. Challenge those thoughts. Like, man, how powerful is that? I mean, they're patterns. So yeah. once you know your pattern and you, you know, if you have a hiccup, which we all do, you know, I still revert to my attachment style now and then, but now I know it. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm doing that thing again. <laughs> you know? doing that thing again okay and it, it's it's a nice alert now i don't shame myself it's like yeah. oh okay what's going on that's a, that's creating that yeah. um, and dealing with it and and ultimately father god yes he's good <laughs> you know reconnecting to my perfect attachment figure you know no matter because we we all face rejection at times right that's yeah. and there's so much right now you know, shame's so popular because of Brene Brown. Attachment style is actually pretty, pretty out there. So if you Google attachment style, there's a lot of good stuff out there um, to just refresh yourself about what the patterns look like. Amazing. And I love what you said because you were like, once you recognize the pattern, you can kind of get <laughs> tell on yourself like, oh, yeah. that's what I'm doing is finding people in your life that you can also tell like, hey, I'm learning this thing. So when you see me spiral or do this or that, yeah. like call me on it. Because exactly. uh, I know a lot of us have people in our circles, whether we're married or not, family member, something that you're like, they probably see it. And if you give them the language and the ability oh, totally. to call you on it, they might be like, and there it is again. <laughs> and I feel like even... Our blind spots are our blind spots. Exactly. And so sometimes we just get pulled in. And, and sometimes it's not because you're not secure, but the other person's not, you know, but if they're all, if they're push pull, you will, you'll get for a little while, you might get pushed and then realize what is happening. I don't normally act like this. Right. So it's just helpful to know that these patterns exist. Yeah. It's so helpful. And I love even the thought of bringing community into that journey especially if you have those secure like attachments with 
or secure people in your in your circle to be like, hey, I'm dealing with this. Like you said, like I'm learning this. I'm trying to get better at recognizing when that thing comes up in my mind and I want to run. Like I want to run away. But it's so beautiful to, like to have that community and be able to foster vulnerability and be like, mm-hmm. hey, God is showing me this. I want to grow in this area. I'm going to be honest right now. I feel really anxious and I really want to run. Like think about how beautiful that is to the person who is in your life that wants to connect with you and you're Mm -hmm. able to be honest and vulnerable, man, and let someone kind of show you that, you know, you can trust people. There might've been situations in your background or in your past, whether that was your upbringing or close relationships when you were younger that might've like felt like they scarred you. But the things that you're saying, Margaret, are so true that God is so good in redeeming that story and then giving you the tools, like understanding your attachment styles to help you walk it out. Yeah. So learning what it is and then learning to let other people fill up that hole, let God fill up that hole, and then you can fill up that hole. You, you can make up for what you didn't get when you were younger. Wow. You can. Wow. That's so good. Not perfect. It's not, ide- it's not the way we want it to be, but you can. Like Kate, Kate, your example of, you know, your husband and having that secure attachment and how it heals, continues to heal you. It's beautiful. Totally. Because I was a major avoidant <laughs> conflict. I would run from conflict. I used to mumble things really fast when I had to say hard things to him. Like, <laughs> and then run. He's like, he's like, I don't know what you said. I'm like, okay, it's okay. I feel fine because I said it. <laughs> Recovering avoidant over oh my here. Gosh, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I bet so many people listening were like, yep, I get that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Just own it right now. Whoever you are, wherever you are, just own it. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And you can change. Like I like hearing the ex- description, I'm like, wow, I've come a long way. Mm. Yeah. The jealousy, like all of that's gone. Like the fear of rejection. I'm like, I feel so secure. Probably sometimes I'm like, you have to identify in friendships when you're like, oh, maybe I'm like scaring them because I'm so secure. Like I, you have more empathy. Like you said, like you can't yeah. just change them. You can't be like, why are they like that? You're like, it gives you more empathy. You're like, oh, Compassion, okay. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us. This is such a truth bomb. Everybody's probably like, I want more. So dig in, do the search, click the links below, connect with Margaret. She is our favorite expert. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like we would pull you in on everything. I know. We would. We would. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to learn more and check out all of our awesome content, be sure to head to our website at moralrevolution.com and our socials, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. But before you leave, don't forget to like, review, subscribe, all of the things. We want you guys to come back and join us. We enjoyed having you. See you next time.